everybody. It's the Hoops Talks. Morning. Good morning. Saturday morning. Yeah, we record on Saturday and post on Wednesday. (laughs) Deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) All three of us have been talking about how we need naps lately. We are all tired. We're exhausted. We're not going to lie. We're good. We're gonna we're gonna have a great show today. We have a fabulous guest that oh, yeah. I think is going to infuse our lives and really d- dig deep into really humanitarian issues that are currently happening in the United States. So I think that's going to be a really good boost for us. But I think realistically, we're all really tired. <laughs> we're so yeah. tired. Mentally, I'm so tired. Whatever else there is yeah. out there, we're tired too. I'm <laughs> tired. Everyone's tired. Everyone's tired. Just so, yeah. Karen, how's it going in San Francisco? Besides tired, <laughs> it's warm this weekend. So hopefully I can drag my tired ass to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. That's some good goals, That's I it. think. That's all, all right. I want to make. A goal for after this episode. That's I like that. Rest of the day. I like that. I like that. That's valid. Uh, Kendall, you are now back in Utah. Yes, with How- internet. <laughs> yes, I know. We're not going to see you go to the side or leave. Or okay, so you're going to have to ho- have a whole new hoops off. I know. What is going on in Utah? How's it going there? Um, it's cooling down here, mm. which has been nice. Um, that's about it. I I got my absentee ballot and I put that shit in the mail, filled it out, track it. Put it in I the saw mail. that. Um, yeah, felt really yeah. good. I yelled out Biden Harris when I dropped it in the, the <laughs> mailbox at the post office because this is a very red state and ballsy. Yeah, cool, cool. Well, Utah had a moment this week too with the whole cougar, the guy mm-hmm. running in utah did you see that liz no so there's this video going around of the guy this guy who comes upon um cougar mountain lion and she's with Mm. her cubs and you know of course she's like get the fuck out of here yes but everyone headlined it as if the cougar was stalking him and it's like this motherfucker was trying to get video of little cubbies and the mom was straight up "Mm -mm, not having it i you know what i really want to blame disney for this kind of shit because it's real. These are real animals that will really kill you. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why then you got to drag that mama cougar out to be murdered because your stupidity. So yeah. please yep. don't, it's a wild animal. Fuck, like I have like the domesticated dog. She bit me once because I had to stick my finger in her mouth to like put a pill down. Yeah. And she was my pet. <laughs> So, I mean, come on. I know. Six minutes. He got six minutes of footage. It's like, put the phone down and fucking get out of there. Right. Could you? And he's walking backwards the whole time. Could you imagine if he had just like tripped over something? He's a goner. She was being nice because if she really wanted to murder him, she would have had it. Mm -hmm. I know. I know. I know. And And the things he's yelling, get out of here. Stop it. (laughs) Oh, my wife. But there's a better clapback video, or not clapback, but it's hilarious. So this other guy goes, 
you know, headline cougar stalking um, jogger for six minutes. And he dresses up with like a wig and tries to like hold their cougar and is like, hi, I'm established. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Oh, man. I, that's like, that's why I told you, Kendall, when you were looking at the bison, I'm like, hey, make sure you're like safe distance. And, you know, these things yeah. are still wild, even though they're super cute. I'm sure you want to like pet them. They will stampede your ass oh, yeah. <laughs> I gotta respect that shit <laughs> um I too like you put filled out my ballot and I put it in the uh we went to a ballot box so we didn't do the mail we actually have our local a legit ballot box. one a legitimate one it was legitimate what are the tips to know what's legitimate and what's fake well it's all I mean it's one fully looks covered yeah one looks, one looks <laughs> one is a slot that says with a taped on sign that says yeah. uh ballot here <laughs> and the other one is like legitimately a ballot box, like completely wrapped, like, you know, it is with all the ballot. And also you can go to, uh, for us, Los Angeles County Registrar and like find your location and make sure that's, you know, I just figure, you know, I wanted to do it that way just because I know like the post office, I don't know. I just figured maybe that would help with, you know, we have the capability to go to one of these uh, ballots because they were nearby. Um, so we figured we would do that, but I was very, very empowered, you know, in doing it. And we, it, I think part of being tired is also like the fact that we're racing towards something that we don't even know. Like before right. you're like, okay, if we vote, you can find out that day. And now it's up in the air, what's going to happen. And yeah. I also think I've been watching too much news and maybe I need to calm oh, yeah. that down. Yes. Um, I, I, yeah, I've needed a lot of naps, a lot of naps. So my ballot hasn't come and that's made me worry. What? Googled it. And it's, you can look to see where your ballot's at, even in terms of it being mailed to you. So it says it's on its way. Good. It's really odd. That's really odd. I've been absentee for years because I was like, that's so, so yeah, yeah. So odd though. Hmm, interesting. So that is weird because I tracked mine to make sure to mm-hmm. see if it got sent to my place in Long Beach and it said sent and I was like oh well I want to switch the address to yeah. Utah and so I switched it and then it changed and it said reprinting. Right. So I already they had already sent mine I switched it they reprinted it I already got wow. it in the mail so that's crazy. I mean, yeah it. definitely keep an eye on that. One one more thing before we go into house cleaning updates, I will say that I used this app called ResistBot. Um, I did it on Twitter. Yep, I used it to write a letter a letter to Senator Feinstein after the judicial hearing and her disappointing uh, behavior during and towards. Uh, that whole hearing, it was, it really, I really think she let everybody in California down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I expressed that through using the resist bot. It, it's very easy, super fast. You did it on Twitter. You can then download it. You can then, uh, if you want, I, I chose not to post it because I'm like, okay, I don't, I just didn't want to, but you can, or you can let them post it. So I will say that I've tried it. I've done it. It's really great. And, you know, every time you 
make that, you know, decision to contact your uh, senators or anybody that it works for you, um, it's noted. And I think that's a good thing to do. So I was really disappointed with uh, Senator Feinstein's behavior during the judicial hearings and then after, and it was pretty disgusting. Um, And I think she failed California and her constituents in doing and how she's leading. So perhaps, you know, people, someone needs to run against her at least to show her, hey, like you two can be fired. Okay. So I just want to put that out that that happened. So with that, actually, I'm starting to claim a little more power. Okay. Um, With that, um, let's do some quick house cleaning and updates. So as always, guys, listen to, I, I cannot tell you, download the Good News Radio app. The new improvements are so good. Like Fire. it's so good. It's so easy. Not only just to listen to our show, but there are so many different shows on the network. We have the sports side and then there's the regular lifestyle. And then we also have like Ask Xena, which is about career help and mental health. I mean, Brunch with Besties, Never Not Extra, um, you know, so many courtside, Nick Hamilton. There's so many great shows. It's a local Los Angeles station. Um, and I'm, I'm so proud. Like there's a few, they did get our new logo, which I sent over to them. Um, but it's great. And I've been listening to, you can like, you know, go back and, uh, listen to old archived. Um, you can listen to us live and then like listen to us the next day. So there's a lot of great features that are updated and you'll be supporting a local black owned business here in Los Angeles. Um, and all of our black creators and our Hispanic creators and all the colors of the rainbow creators that are on the, uh, good news radio podcast network. So please download that. Um, additionally, you know, we do, we will be having our episodes come on other platforms like Apple podcast and Spotify. So, um, they may be a little later in going on because we really want to give that experience to those that are listening to us on our app and it's going to, you know, there'll be a, a involvement there. So we'll, you know, we'll go into that when we need to. Um, always follow us on Twitter. We're at the hoops talk pod, follow us on Instagram. We're at the hoops talking. So can't change that one, but I'm working on it. Uh, we're at TikTok of the hoops talk podcast. And of course you can subscribe to our YouTube channel where the hoops talk channel so that you can see our faces today. I didn't get the memo because both Karen and Kendall are wearing their orange WNBA hoodies, just like Natalie Portman did in yes, her, her recent so post for the women's, uh, what is it? The Women's Sports Foundation, which we'll talk about later, which I know Kendall had a hand in that with Yahoo Sports. Um, but if you do see us on YouTube, you get to see that. I have on, um, if you could see that, it's the Candace Parker Unbothered t-shirt. Oh, yeah. That was created by a fan, so we'll tag her too because she's awesome. Um, So yeah, so that is it. When we come back, we're going to welcome our guest, Elsa Collins. And so we will be right back. Welcome, Elsa Collins, to the Hoops Talk. Hi, Elsa. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, my gosh. We're so excited to have you. I know that I first saw you during an event where you were speaking about social justice and about, you know, just like 
uh, loads of you know topics that came up with uh, social justice voting um, during the I forget what the event was, but it was the National Basketball Women's Association, um, and it was so compelling. That was one of the of the panels that I really remembered. And I reached out to you and I'm like, gosh, will you come onto the podcast? And you said, yes. So it's really awesome to have you on. Um, and, you know, I read your bio because I always read up about my guests and I always say everything I learn, I learn on the internet. So please correct me if I misspeak, but you are such a force in these issues, these these issues that are current issues in the United States, you are on the front line. So I just want to read really quickly. Okay, you are the founder of the Ideator, which is a social impact and political consulting group of sports, culture, entertainment. You're a co-founder of She Se Puede, which I am currently obsessed with, which is the destination for a modern Latina who are ready to level up her life. That's me. That's me. Um, You're also a co-founder of This Is About Humanity, which is a community dedicated to raising awareness about families in vulnerable communities. And I know that has a lot to do with what's happening in the border with children and families um, and ICE. And and I know you visited, would love to dig into that as well. Um, And then you're also a founding member of I Am A Voter, which you're wearing a vote shirt, um, which is a nonpartisan movement dedicated to creating a cultural shift around voting and civic engagement. So if that wasn't enough, you're also raising three children um, that are uh, biracial. So, you know, that in itself is, you know, uh, a movement. I, I don't, I don't want to say a movement, but it's definitely something that we're, uh, the discussions that we're having in the current climate. So, and, okay, I just also want to say, and, that, and <laughs> exactly, ladies, I can go on and on, but you were all also were, um, you were raised on both sides of the border. So you, uh, San Diego and Tijuana, Mexico. So you got, you got we got some things to talk about. <laughs> We have enough time. <laughs> so I think one of the something that would be really interesting to start with is if you could tell us your journey from you know having both sides, you know, being raised in Tijuana and San Diego, and kind of you know what what did that add to the perspective that you use today in the humanitarian efforts that you're on the front lines with. Yeah. Wow. How much time do you have? No, <laughs> as long as you want. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So growing up on both sides of the border, um, you know, being raised on both sides to me, the border was not really what it is today. You know, um, it was really an, an, a wonderful experience being able to cross the border. I would, you know, live in Mexico and go to school in the United mm. States. There was a period of time where I was just going to school in Mexico. Um, so really just having that experience of, of for me, taking the best of both cultures and, and really living them and enjoying them. There was some, you know, adaptation required, especially at the time where I was growing up, you know, Mexican culture is different and the, and the way that women are, are raised. I, I think it's changing now. It obviously has evolved, but at that time was, you know, very much uh, gender roles and sort of understanding like, oh, okay, well, this is kind of what your goal is in life. And 
and sort of, you know, having that perspective of having studied in the United States and understanding that maybe I could have a different goal, uh, you know, going to college and, and, and away from home, which, you know, was not really in the cards for me. I'm the youngest of five and, and my mother's very traditional Mexican and, and was like, you know, you're going to like stay home and, and study. And, but she was like, but you can apply anywhere. So I was like, okay, great. So I applied and I got into Stanford and then she's like, oh, well, that's great, but you're still going to stay at home. And that was, <laughs> that was when my older, one of my older sisters was like, I think she needs to go to Stanford. That's um, a commute from San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We need to do that, which of course now in retrospect was amazing because that's where I met my husband and, and you know, my life took a, a completely different turn. But, you know, just in terms of, of having that perspective of, of understanding, you know, different cultures and different countries and, and what people's experiences are and, and really being able to put yourself into other people's shoes. And so for me growing up, you know, with, with a mom who was always involved in giving back, I, I just kind of felt that that's what I was, you know, everyone was supposed to do, but certainly I was going to be doing. And as I've sort of progressed in my career, and as you mentioned, having three multiracial children, you know, everything that I do is, is really focused on making this world a better place for, you know, for them and and for my family. And, and so Mm -hmm. I am involved in so many different things because I think it really is going to take all those different arenas, you know, helping people make those connections and connecting the dots for people to realize that everything's really interconnected, like no issue stands on its own. So yeah, that's just a little bit. Yeah, I know. That's, um, that's really, a, I love how you talked about the interconnectedness because that is such yep. a strong thread through, you know, all the different uh, organizations that you have. And so you start, so did you start with the ideator? I mean, do you have like, what's the timeline on it? Because I believe she, I feel like I am voter might, no. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> Essentially, what ended up happening was, you know, I'd worked really hard in the 2016 election. It did not, you know, end up the way that I think a lot of people thought it would. And so I kind of went into like a depression about, whoa, you know, really having no idea what was in store for us, but knowing it was not going to be a situation that was going to be probably the most optimal for my family and for a lot of families for a lot of different reasons. And so you know, kind of went into like a month of like, what is my purpose? And, and, and recognizing that, you know, I, I sat at a very interesting position between, you know, culture and sports and entertainment and, and, and grassroots organizations. And so it's the idea tour, but yes. So I, sorry, that's fine. Um, I was like, I'm going to start my own consulting company. (laughs) I have like no clients. Uh, so that's already, that's already an interesting story, you know, when you want to go out on your own and be an entrepreneur and, yeah. you know, and it, it took a long time for me to really like establish myself. And, mm. um, you know, one of the first organizations I was working with was Harness, which is an organization that was founded by America Ferreira and Wilmer Valderrama mm. that was really looking to connect artists and activists and, and help move the needle. And it was like right in my wheelhouse. And I was like, this is what I want to be doing. I want to be, you know, really helping the people that are doing the work. So the idea tour came first, like right after 2016. And then as things started to develop and get closer to, to the midterm elections, that's when I am a voter popped up. Um, that's also, you know, the summer of 2018 was really when the family separation crisis was kind of peak. 
Um, and so that's when this is about humanity. And then she said, well, it has just been something that I launched, you know, like, I think like six weeks ago or something yeah. insane. So, you know, but that's just to say that like over the time, you know, working in politics and then, and then, you know, making certain shifts and, and adjustments and pivots really in my mm. career, uh, all has sort of led to this, you know, kind of like time that we're at right now where everything that I've been working on for like so many years is now like, you know, at the center right. and sort of guiding, you know, what my next steps are or how I approach different projects or, or things that right. I want to be involved in. Right. Yeah. We, I know for us, um, because we are, you know, we started with just bas- talking about basketball and then we spread it to sports and then we spread it to women's in sports and then we spread it to like bigger cultural things. So it's just like, seeing growth like that within you or within uh, the organizations or whatever podcast, whatever it is that you do is it feels so good to know that you have that growth in there. Otherwise it's like, if you continue to do something and you're not really listening to what's happening around you, it's like being in a bubble. And I don't know if that's necessarily the best thing to do, obviously. I think part of why we have the administration that we do is a lot of people in bubbles. Um, So I love hearing how, you know, that is interconnected because I think that also helps, you know, I think there are a lot of uh, people that have, don't have that straight A to B path. You know, it's all these like curves and peaks and valleys that we navigate, which makes us um, I don't know, just more open-minded and more able to have empathy and look at what's happening and how we can use our platforms to speak on it and even like hold a, a place, you know, hold space. We always talk about holding space and what you want to hold space for and what you don't. Um, one of the big initiatives that we've all been very oh, just pounding is voting. And I know you're wearing a vote uh, t-shirt. It's so awesome. And you do, you are a founding member of I Am a Voter. Um, My question is, you know, the Latinx community is so huge. I know I just, I I was watching the uh, Variety uh, Represent special with John Leguizamo and they were talking about how like, you can't like to try to say like, okay, this is Latinx. It is just, it's so wide and varied. How are you in uh, the voting initiatives that you're working on and how it pertains to the Latinx community? What are you finding? Like, are you finding there's not, can't be just one message or that, you know, are there pockets? I mean, I, I know this is like a loaded question because there's so much, but what are, what would you say are some key insights that you're like, that you're finding as you're doing this work? I mean, listen, I've been on the ground since 2008, uh, talking to voters and doing outreach to the Latino community. And, you know, what hasn't worked, I know what hasn't worked, <laughs> is, you know, showing up every four years, like 20 to 30 days before the election, being like, oh my God, you're the most important group that ever lived. And if you show up, you'll save us. And if you don't, like, you let us down. And so, and not really doing any of the work in between in terms of 
developing that community, understand the issues that matter to them, which by the way, are the issues that matter to like everyone, you know? I mean, obviously, yes, we care about immigration, but that's not the only thing we care about. We care about healthcare, we care about like affordable, you know, college and and, and all the things that everyone is is interested in. And so, um, you know, as I've been doing more and more work around the voting space, with I am a voter specifically, you know, trying to create that kind of aspirational identity about being a voter is is cool and it's something that you that you should be. And now with She Se Puede, which is really focused on Latina, uh, the Latina community, um, is that we need to make an investment in, in ourselves and in our community for not just, you know, the next four years, but the next 40, 50 years. Right. And we need to be present and um and a part of it so that we can understand and we can empower our community to feel, you know, that they have everything they need to vote. And I think that's one of the things that just in the research that that She Se Puede has been involved with, with Equis Labs, which is, it's not that people don't, that Latinas don't understand that, that elections are important. It's almost that they understand how important it really is right. and really feeling that weight of like, do I have everything I need and am I prepared enough to be making some of the decisions um, about voting? And the answer is, of course, because all you need to know is what matters to you. And that's really, you know, at the core of it all. And so as, you know, the years have gone by, that's really where She Se Puede was born, which is we need to be making an investment in our community for, for all time and not, and not just for, you know, what's happening on November 3rd, but beyond that. And so I think that the you mentioned a couple of things that I think should be highlighted, which is we're not a monolith. You know, the Latinx community is, you know, involves people who are new immigrants, naturalized citizens, undocumented uh, individuals, people who have been here for many, many generations, people who speak Spanish, don't speak Spanish, um, you know, are gender non-binary, you know, it's a, it's a really big community. And so I think that that's like one important thing you know, you can't speak to all of us the same way, mm-hmm. um, but we we want what everybody wants, which is like health and happiness and our family to be safe and, you know, to be successful. And so I think that those are things that we can definitely, you know, sort of understand uh, just as human beings. Right, right. And so you were saying that your mom is really, you know, more of the traditional, how, like, cause I think about my, my grandmother, she passed away a couple of years ago and she was for being as traditional as she was, I felt like she just had this acceptance, you know, bone in her body. She was just like, well, you know, Miha, that's how they want to live or that's what I want to do kind of situation. We weren't super political, but you know, she was more of like, hey, you know what, live and let live, love is love, you know, those types of messages. Um, how is your like, would you say like your mom being the generation that she is, are there things where you're like, okay, I think she's getting it and we're okay, we could put her on autopilot now? Or are there things where you're like, okay, we need to work on this? And how is she, uh, you know, the older generation? Um, how do you see them working in the community when they're trying to shift some of these, you know, traditional ideas or, you know, kind of break some of these cycles that we see? Yeah, I mean, the good news is I think my mom's a great example of someone who has evolved, hmm. um, you know, going from the mother who's very traditional, who was like, you know, you can't leave home, you should get married, you should do things a certain way, you know, to really sort of embracing 
all the things that my life represents today, which is, you know, having kids who are half black and half Mexican, um, my brother-in-law's gay, um, you know, we're a very diverse and dynamic extended family uh, and sort of her really, you know, embracing that in a way that I, I'm sure if I were growing up, going back, I would be like, she could never. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't, she didn't, you know, she'd never even seen a, a black person before, you know, her mid twenties. And so, wow. so I think for her, you know, um, it really has been a journey and, and mm. she, you know, lives with me and helps raise my kids. And listen, she really, at this point, just cares about like the kids going to like <laughs> church and Zoom church is very important to her, getting their first communion. You know, I think she's she's like, okay, everything's fine, but like, I need to have this. And I'm like, great. Yeah. You know, like, amen. I love it. As long as she's right. on top of that, that's great. Right. Uh, but, you know, I think she's, it's been somewhat probably easier because all these issues are just connected so intimately with my life. And and her, you know, loving me and, and everybody that's a part of me. Right. Um, but you know, I think there there are still conversations to be had around, you know, like what's the correct gender pronoun in standard? Sure. Someone does not identify as El or ella, and like right. you know, reminding that that's something important to think about. Or, you know, the other day she said that she had gotten this email from somebody about Black Lives Matter, and like she was like, What should I answer? I was like, you know, mom, uh, I read the email. I don't know if they're open to hearing things that, mm. you know, and so like, don't, you don't need to, you know, I think she's like, I need to be now standing up. For <laughs> but like also like not in, not this one. So right. I think that it's an interesting, you know, kind of journey to see her. Sure. She's a, she's more of the, uh, still the spiritual guide guidance. Sure. She's taking care of that. Um, she, you know, I, I would be, fa- I would love for someone like your mom to write a book about her journey, you know, because that's something to me that I don't think we hear enough of. Like we, I mean, my mom was, she was more of like the uh, Gloria Steinem situation. Mm-hmm. And so we were always like raising a fist or doing, you know, burning our bra or something like that. I was just a kid. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, but she did, de- she was working through that first wave of feminism, which was not very, was exclusionary in a lot of ways to people of color. Um, but she navigated it in an interesting way. I'll say that. Um, so I I would love to, it would be so great to hear more like your, I think for our community, because I'm Mexican American, um, how our elders are navigating these times could be so interesting, not just to, as we look, you know, read it, but in their community, you know, how are they bringing, kicking and screaming some people maybe that, um, because I know uh, traditions and religion play a big part in like how sometimes we stutter in what we we do. Well, you know, she's like, it's funny because she's, she just became a citizen this year, which is very exciting. Cool. Congrats. Thank you. So (laughs) she voted in her first election in March in the primary and now she's voting in her first general election. And so, you know, in times of COVID, she's, she's on all these Zooms, you know, she has like her rosary (laughs) Zoom, her prayer (laughs) Zoom, her like friends from Mexico Zoom. And every now and then I'll like walk by the room and I'll hear her 
you know, she's like out there, like talking about social justice. And <laughs> like, oh my God, like she's, she's that woman in her little, you know, crew that's kind of like telling them what's up and like right. what they need to know. And, and so it's a very hilarious and yet very endearing and proud moment when I'm like, there she is, you know, yeah. saying those things. So it's, it's really good to see. Yeah, that's great. You know, it, it's also true because, you know, you, I, I, I even find this to this day. It's like also being educated enough to feel like you can talk about something, you know, that is super important. And that's why we try to like, what are all the resources that we can also give to people so that they can not, you know, that you're going to mess up, you know, sure. that's, uh, that is definitely, and if you can own it and then just say, Hey, you know, I'll learn better. Um, I know sometimes that can be a pediment to wanting to say anything, especially in today's culture. It's like, you're out. That's <laughs> yeah, hard. It is hard. It's very hard. Um, you also spoke a little bit about your husband. I know he was a former NBA player and he's also works for the Golden State Warriors. I believe he's a coach on that. Um, I Karen is a Golden State Warrior fan. <laughs> I'm a Lakers fan, which we're like, after this interview, we're going to get into. <laughs> oh yeah, that's okay. I think it's okay. They're California, so you're all right. Um, as far as the Warriors not getting into the bubble, because I mean they sucked, and I'm just going to say that. No, um, fucked us up. So that's yeah. A lot of injuries. I don't know that okay. we were terrible more than we were. All before. right, I'll give you guys that. But with that said, <laughs> how? Like how relieved in a way were you that you weren't going to have to deal with the bubble or were you like, oh, that would have been nice. <laughs> Absence makes the heart grow fonder situation. Where, where do you sit on that hole? Well, you know, I mean, we, we, I live in LA with the kids during the season. So for the past six years that he's been coaching, you know, he's been away. And so that's something that we're used to. And that's part of okay. the dynamic. Um, but you know, I will say like having gone to the finals for the last five years, you know, oh. um, yes, <laughs> we're blessed. Uh, yes, 2020 was unfortunate. We had a, a lot of injuries and, you know, and when the season shut down because of the pandemic, you know, you, you just weren't quite sure what was going to happen. Mm. So I don't know that I was like, oh man, bubble or no bubble, but you definitely always want to see the sports uh, leagues and the the games continue, um, you know, if, if it's safe, not just because of, you know, everyone who wants to keep on playing, but for the fans and just mm. for, for like the world, I guess. Right. Um, and so, you know, if we would have made the bubble, that would have been amazing because it would have meant that they were still competing and, and still in it. Um, you know, the fact that they didn't make the bubble. Yeah, of course he spent more time at home and more time than he spent at home in a, in a really long time, maybe. Um, but you know, they were actually just in San Francisco last month. They had uh, decided to do like their own mini bubble. We called okay. it double, double, <laughs> dub nation bubble. Got um, it. and so he, he, he was gone for like a month cause they had to go quarantine mm -hmm. up in the Bay, get tested every day. And then they went into the hotel and then you could only really be in your hotel room or at the facility mm. being bust. And so, you know, it was a, a very uh, well-planned and contained scenario to make it safe for everybody. 
Um, so they were glad because I mean, they hadn't played basketball in like nine months. Wow. So, you know, for, for, for the team. And I think for, for everyone, you know, we just want to find a way for the NBA to come back and to do it with fans, hopefully in a safe way. Um, so we'll ha- just have to see. Yeah. Yeah. I think the NBA would, I mean, they, and the WNBA, uh, they nailed how the protocols and yeah. how everything, how everything went. So it's, it can be done, but you know, the sacrifice. Yeah, it's hard to sustain over a whole season. It's a, there are a lot yeah. of games, you know, yeah. and, and that's when there was a lot of, I think, restriction on movement and, and different things. And so, you know, kudos to all the leagues, you know, that were able to do it, women's and men's uh, both. But I think what, you know, just from a perspective of, of just like how to move forward, I think we really need to figure out how we're going to move forward, like in all aspects of, yeah. of, this, of our lives, not just sports so that we can get back to normal. You know? Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we let you go, I would really like for you to tell us a little bit more about This Is About Humanity, because I know that this one, I, I was reading it, I went to the website and I, it's a, it's an issue. I think that, um, we need to continue to spotlight because, you know, with so much that's happening, I mean, what you go to bed one day, you wake up in a whole new world the next day, just by, you know, a tweet. So I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about that. And, um, what are some of the, I guess the takeaways or the insights that you get from that, that maybe can help us, you know, keep it top of mind or, you know, what are, what are some works that we can do to help make sure that that is continued to be um, looked at and, and resolved hopefully. Yeah. So as I mentioned, this is about humanity, which I co-founded with my sister, Yolanda, Walter Mead, and my friend Zoe Winkler Rhinus. Really it's, you know, we started it in the summer of 2018 as the family separation crisis was coming to light, but we know that it had been happening and we know that it still is happening in some way, shape, or form. Uh, I mean, today we're, we still have families who are in detention during a global pandemic. We still have expelled um, many unaccompanied minors without their parents, sometimes to a country that isn't even theirs. Um, you know, and there are so many people right now because asylum really is not available to them. You know, with the changes that have happened that are in shelters at the border with no court date available to them. And, and really the best thing that, that immigration attorneys can tell them is, you know, to wait and see what happens in, on November 3rd. I mean, we, there's just no movement. Um, so it's very difficult to um, think about these families and think about these children, these parents, uh, and not be like, oh my God, this is still happening and it still needs to be in the news every day because there's so many, so many things that are happening. It's almost like, oh my gosh, you know, how do you keep track of like everything that could be happening? It's very difficult. And so what we're trying to do, you know, currently at This Is About Humanity is to continue to support those families who are in these shelters in Tijuana at the border, Mm. you know, with food and, and medical care and financial support. And then also working with the families who are here in the United States who may have been separated and then reunited, who often have family members who are working, you know, essential workers or on the front line or working in the fields. Um, 
and really working hard to keep this country going, to keep food on everyone's table, to keep, you know, everything working. Um, and, and supporting them through this pandemic, you know, through our like adoptive families and help with distance learning, you know, a lot of these families, uh, you know, distance learning is not really a possibility. They don't mm. have the technology to do it. Maybe they don't have access to Wi-Fi or broadband. Um, and so, you know, to, for me, it's just uh, continually trying to find ways to like be of service, to keep this conversation right. going, to keep it um, amplified and to, to keep people feeling comfortable being able to talk about it. I mean, I think we live in a world where everyone feels like, well, if I'm not an expert, like I can't really, you know, and I think that that may be true for some things, but for other things, it's like, but is something right or wrong? And like, nobody right. really needs to be an expert to just sort of make that determination that we definitely should not be separating families or uh, mm. deporting people during a global pandemic right. um, or detaining them. And so, mm. you know, um, it's really a, like a passion project and just maintaining it's the level of knowledge up and, yeah. and with our partners, you know, we partnered with the little market and we sell like this amazing tote and this candle that goes to support these families. So just, you know, finding ways that we can just continue to, to support them. Yeah. That's so important. Support using your platform, using your voice, um, continuing to do whatever that you can. It's just, it's so inspiring. You're a very inspiring person. Thanks. Extremely inspiring. Like seeing everything that you've done, you know, cause you could do so many things with what you've been blessed with. And this is, these are the things that you're focusing on and it makes everybody more aware um, I just, you're, you're extremely inspiring and a, and a huge role model. And I think that, um, you know, it, it's, it's always going to be about paying it forward in a way, right? Like uh, it's the next generation. What we, I always say, like, we don't start at zero. There's already bricks that were laid by people prior to us. And you are a brick layer. You are a change maker. And, man, your kids are going to be another like roaring, you know, generation force. So I mean, gosh, <laughs> you are so inspiring. I don't know what else to say. I mean, I feel like, you know, do you ever nap? Do you ever nap? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, I've never been a good napper. And like, <laughs> when, you know, it's very common in the NBA on game days for players to like go in shoot around and then take a nap before the game and I remember that used to be my husband's routine and I was like but how can you nap like this is so crazy and he would he'd be like a better napper than like when my kids were babies I mean like, he was like <laughs> just the all-time best napper uh I never napped um I don't I mean I do sleep okay I'm on like a lot of different projects with people from the East Coast, the West Coast. So sometimes I feel like I'm getting emails as early as like four or five in the morning. And then people on the West Coast are working later. But, you know, I mean, especially at this time, I mean, I've never been busier than I've been sure. you know, these at this um, in this time frame. But I always say like, you know, you don't want to feel like there's something that you could have done, mm -hmm. you know, to make this world a better place, especially during an election year um, where you want to make sure that everybody's voices are heard, that people are feeling empowered to vote, like they can, they should, you know, that they understand how to do it. 
where to do it. Um, you know, I always say like, I'll take a nap November 4th <laughs> and for yeah. a day and then you kind of keep on going, you know, um, because <laughs> like if we get a change, you know, November 3rd, like there's going to be so many things that we're going to need to be doing to, to really, you know, address like some of the issues that are going to require some attention. You know, it's not like all of a sudden things are going to change immediately. You know, we've, we've done some, some serious harm, um, to society, to this world, to this climate, to this environment, to families, to children, you know, and so we are going to have to really be working hard to, you know, help guide how we go forward. And so, um, you know, I don't know. I always say I'm always better when I'm busier. <laughs> so that's really being put to the test right now. Um, but, you know, I just feel like if there's something that I can do, I should be doing it. And if there's someone that I know, I should be calling them. And if there's a way that I can be encouraging people to, to say yes, between now and November 3rd, like, I would encourage everyone to say yes. I would encourage everyone to look at what they have at their disposal. Your podcast, thank you so much for having me before the election. So I can encourage everyone, like if you haven't gotten out to vote, to do it. Um, if you're undecided and wondering if your vote really matters, it really does. And like, I've been telling people, like sometimes you feel like, well, like, is my life going to change whether I vote or not? Like, I mean, I would argue yes, but let's pretend I'm going to say, well, maybe not, but but your vote could be affecting someone else's life to such a degree exactly. um, that you have to think about, you know, voting for other people if if voting for yourself isn't compelling enough. And so, right. you know, um, I'm encouraging everyone if you're voting early or voting by mail to make sure that happens before October 24th to give enough time for the ballot to get there. And if you're going to be voting in person, obviously wear a mask, take a snack. Mm -hmm and an umbrella and, and be prepared, you know, we shouldn't be having lines to do it, but it, yeah. that's what's happening right now. And so, you know, but just know that it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's worth it. That's really, you're worth it. We're worth it. Everyone's worth it. It's worth it. I absolutely agree with you. Um, Elsa, this has been, like I said, super inspiring. Thank you so much for taking time yes. and your obviously busy schedule doing a lot better work. <laughs> or I'm hoping my makeup isn't going to fall off. I'm going to try to get a workout in before I have something at once. And I'm just be like, just don't sweat. <laughs> but like, just not on my face. <laughs> Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. Dabs, little yeah. dabs. Yeah. Little dabs. Yes. <laughs> um, is there um, anything that you, before we let you go, is there any like um, websites we should send our viewers to? I mean, we'll have a bunch of links in our bio, but there's, is there anything like right now they should be going to? This will be uh, live on Wednesday. So I don't know if that yeah, helps. I mean, here's, here's some good things you can do. You can, Text voter to 26797 to get election reminders. That's the I am a voter text code. Um, if you aren't registered and you're still in a state where you can register to vote, you can go to shesaweather.org. We have a voter resource hub there. Um, if you want to know more about what's happening at This Is About Humanity, you can follow us on Instagram at This Is About Humanity. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm around, I'm available to, you know, discuss, happy to come back anytime to talk about anything else, this too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think those are some of the, 
some of the things that I would recommend to people who I like, I don't really know, or I didn't figure it out, or I'm not quite sure, you know. Right. Excellent. Excellent. We love it. This podcast is open to you anytime to talk about anything. You are always welcome. It's open invitation. We loved having you. Um, Thanks again for everything you do. Thanks for inspiring us. And we hope that, you know, we, I'm hoping after the election, we get to have you back and pop some champagne and after your nap. (laughs) (laughs) Email me and we'll set up another time. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much, Elsa. We really appreciate it. You guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And we are back after that completely inspiring interview with Elsa Collins. I mean, yeah, she she will definitely deserve that nap on November 4th with all the work that she's putting in. Uh, We'll have the links to her organizations in our show notes, but also, you know, she's on Instagram or they're all on Instagram. We follow all of the organizations. So you can see that through there. Um, Yeah. She se puede was, like she said, just a few weeks old. So it's very like empowering to see that. And I'm really really into it. I'm digging it. I just signed up for one of their events that they're happening, like happening like a virtual event. So that's some good stuff there. Um, so we are shifting into, of course, sports in the age of coronavirus. And I would like to start by talking about the Lakers 2020 NBA championship. <sighs> that's right, babies. They won it. They won it. Let me tell you, I seriously claps. Yes. I'll give you some snaps. I watched game six in the car streaming from my cell phone because we were driving up from the desert because as our podcast unfolds, you'll more or less start hearing about my life in the desert and in escrow hell and all the things that I'm doing because it's part of me and I'm part of this podcast. So that's happening. Growth and life. Right? With but we won the championship. I could see the fireworks going off as I was coming into Los Angeles from like random neighborhoods. Of course, they decided to have a super spreader event near the Staples. <laughs> All the fans. I didn't go. I did see masks and there were people that were like honking horns. So it is what it is. But I'm super excited. I think, um, you know, the MVP went to LeBron, which I thought was interesting because, you know, I figured maybe AD, he was really working it. But I don't know about you guys, but do you feel like the Heat, like, I don't know. I just feel like they just sort of like. They weren't ready. I kind of feel like they gave up. I don't know. Well, Kindle called it pre-COVID, right? They were like climbing. It was like, what's going on here? I just don't think they were expecting to get as far as they did. Okay. And they weren't ready. And then people came back and it was like, they were like all off. And I don't know. I just, it just wasn't like as an exciting finals as I was hoping for. I mean, I get you're like, you're excited because they won and all that. Yes. But like to watch it. Yeah, there were a few games where you're like, oh, well, yeah, this is going down to the wire. But then I was just like, 
don't know. I feel like it happened and then it just like ended. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I don't know. It's It's been kind of weird post. I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like that was also like the WNBA. Like mm-hmm. it kind of just like ended and now we're just like, okay, that happened. Right. Like, <laughs> okay. Are we like, <laughs> I feel like, like not even the ESPN was talking about any of it. It was like, all right, well, here's the post game interview with LeBron. Yeah. And then, to, you know, the next day was like business as usual. Let's talk yeah. about baseball. Like, yeah. Like, I don't it's know. Like, every, like people are just like, okay, that's done. Now I have to like talk about whatever else is still happening because yeah. I don't know. It's like escapism or something. It is weird not having a basketball game on. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in the end, I was really, really happy that they won. I know that Anthony Davis has decided to resign with the Lakers, so he'll still be there. I don't know what – I mean, there was a lot of interesting supporting players that I think cemented the, you know, reason why they should be there. And there were some that maybe, like, should have been part of the Pelican trade. Just saying. <laughs> I think we all know who you're talking about. (sighs) Yeah. I mean, when you are given an opportunity that other people didn't have, and then to me, don't perform to that expectation, I I find it to be um, a little glaring. I think Kuzma was a little bit glaring in these playoffs and these finals. It was glaring that, you know, I'm happy for him. And he got the ring um, and he, he made a couple of shots that were like, okay, but when you get, when you see someone like Alex Caruso, you know, KCP, and I mean, without Rondo, I don't know what they would do if he didn't come back because he was just essential. Playoff Rondo. He was essential. He was essential. I mean, when you get a veteran guy like that, that can really direct uh, the traffic and the floor when the bigs are, you know, sitting down to rest. Uh, Dwight Howard, another veteran, I think he uh, came up and he was like, I know, and I think one of the the main things too is also knowing your role. Mm -hmm. Knowing your role. Because if you know what your role is, I mean, you guys know this from work, right? If you know what your role is and you have the goal is whatever it is in your role and you do that, then you're like, okay, I do that to the best. And maybe it's, you know, you started seeing Kuzma passing a little bit, you know, later in the playoffs because normally he would just try to shoot everything, and you're just like, okay, you got so you got to pass. Yep. But then, and like, ma- also, it wasn't just like normal passes. It's like I'm gonna spin into a 360 in the air, <laughs> somersault, and then throw it behind my head. <laughs> no boo, no. Boo. He he doesn't know his range yet. Like, yeah, this isn't you a nerf with your buddies in the house, man. This is yeah. the real deal. <laughs> yeah, you earn superstardom. You don't just like, just because you made the W and uh, WBA, Kuzma, the NBA. He wishes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that um, I don't, it's not about his character. He seems like a very, I love his mom, you know, on, on social. It's just really like, I, you, it was one of those um, spotlights on people that were just not going to perform, you know, that or that were missing the, the, they just missed it, you know. So we gave KCP a lot of shit all of the time. And we let Kuzma like kind of slide. And then it was like at the end, who, who was the one coming up big? 
you know, and I think that's something that maybe taken in consideration as they decide like how they're going to continue. I mean, they're thinking, we're thinking back to back, back to backs. That's all I want. I say, <laughs> it's not about what you did. It's about what you're going to do and you do back to back. My opinion as a Laker fan, we're the worst. Um, at least I can, I can take that as a badge. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited. I watched all, of course, I, I watched all the highlights. I watched hours and hours and hours of highlights. I listened to every sports show just so that I can hear them talk about the win. I love it. <laughs> My husband was like, I wish I could put like earmuffs all day long walking around that apartment. So yeah, I really um, soaked in because honestly, there was there's no like, there was no celebrations, no, pr- you know what I mean? Nope. So there wasn't really anything outside. So I'm just like, I just need to soak all of this in. And for me, it was similar because when they won, when I was living in New York, I mean, you think they cared in New York? No, absolutely not. So I was like the only one on the street going, yeah. <laughs> you know, I actually got kicked out of a bar that night because like, we're de- we don't care. We honestly don't care. Yeah. We honestly don't care. Um, so yeah. So congratulations to my Lakers. We believe we knew it we believe. and we're glad to have you home and let's start, uh, thinking about next season. I don't care. Season don't stop. Let's do it again. Uh, next is the Clippers have news. They, uh, signed Ty Lue. So Ty Lu is now the head coach of the Clippers because why not? Am I the only one who's like LeBron coached the Cavs during that time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So why? <laughs> you, I, then I'm like, why did you get rid of Doc Rivers? Like, I'm just, <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm saying is like, uh, you got rid of Doc Rivers and there's nobody out there and you had to go out and get Ty Lu. Well, maybe that's what they need. They need a coach that's going to let these, like, big egos do what they want to do. I I just – I can't see, like, Kawhi taking that same lead as LeBron did with the Cavs. Yeah, that. exactly. Exactly. I'm with you. And I can't see Paul George doing it either. It's like – I don't know. I'm – this is what I don't understand. This, these teams just keep dipping into the same coaching buckets. Yes. Not, like, why are you getting rid of – like guys who maybe they didn't get as far as you hoped for them. Like only one person can win the freaking finals. <laughs> like, yeah. like, if we're going by the standard, then like even, you know, Spolstra should be fired. He didn't right. get the yeah. right? Like, right. So, which is just crazy to me, especially in these weird times that they were playing in. And, and the fact that you just, there's nothing, mm. either you're not willing to go and look for other coaching talent or there, it's not out there. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. Maybe there's some guy in the G League that could do well in the NBA. I have no idea, right? I'm not in that bubble. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, why are we keep going after the same guys? I don't know. I agree with you. I agree with you also because Karen, I think you bring up an excellent point. It was like, okay, so then why even fire Doc if you're gonna just pick the guy sitting that sat next to him on the bench all season? Right. You know. Why you're not going outside of the pool? You just might as well just kept, have kept Doc. He didn't do that bad. I mean, to your point, Kendall, there's only one team that can win. Yeah, there's only one team, and 
I'm wondering how, you know, because Kawhi went there and I'm assuming, you know, part of the reason was because Doc was the coach, right? How does that dynamic work? You know, uh, uh, Paul George went there because Kawhi went there because he said, if you take me, I have to take Paul George. It's like, there's this, I just don't like, it wasn't settled. I feel there was a lot of things that were unsettled. Um, with the Clippers even before going into this season. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of hype around it and they weren't able really to gel. And then they had, you know, issues in the bubble with the the pressures that came with that. Um, the load management thing, I think also mm-hmm. was something that hurt them with this, with, which if it was a regular season, you know, regular times, maybe that would not have been a factor, but it was a factor coming into, and they, and it's almost like they did decided we're not going to change what we're doing. You right. know, we're going to continue what we're doing, and it's just now in the bubble, as opposed right. to like other teams that we saw excel. Saying no, you know what? Different times. You saw that with the the Suns. You saw that with um, the Memphis. You know, you saw that with um, just like all these teams that were counted out. You saw what happened to the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. You know, so people, teams that were just like, okay, we're going to just stay this course and not understand that this is a different, we have to like be in a different space. You'll see what happens. Something that Snoop Dogg said, uh, he said, the Clippers are choke artists and I don't want to parse negativity, but I have also always said they can never get out of the, they could never get out of the second round. They're in their own way. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. That's so, such such and so insightful. So smart. They are. And I don't think taking, you know, getting rid of Doc Rivers and putting in Ty Lue is going to do anything to fix that. It would have been awesome if they got Becky Hammond in there. Imagine that. Yep. Or literally anyone else. (laughs) (laughs) Literally else a shot to prove anyone else. Anyone else. He's proven himself time and time again that like he can't do it. And yet we just, I don't know. It's just wild to me. Yeah, it is pretty wild. It is pretty wild. And well, I I don't really, I see them going, you know, far because they have talent, but I don't just don't know if they're going to be like ready. Cause this is going to be also a different season, right? We're going to still have this weird season because now it's going to start in January Oh, and is God, it going to be that. bubble? Yeah. Is it not going to be bubble? You know, there's like, what's going to happen? And then you have like the on the WNBA side where you have women that are athletes that are going and playing overseas still. Yep. So what is all that about? So this is still, we're still in a pandemic, people. Mm-hmm. Right. There's still COVID. They're still spreading COVID. And we are surging again. So we don't have a normality for a, a really long time. Therefore, it's like, how is that going to play into everything that we move forward to? As we're seeing, the NFL is just like, nah. There was no Thursday night football. Nah. Crazy. NFL was just like, nah, nah. We, we decided we're just going to, nah. nah. You know? And it's then, crazy. On top of it, we're going to put all of the closely infected people onto a plane and then fly oh, them across country. Yeah, like in a game. Very smart. It's all just super smart. Yeah. 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 I don't, 
we're still in a pandemic. I just want to say that. Wear a mask, wash your face, wash your hands, wash your ass. Mm-hmm. We're still in a pandemic. Don't forget that. Mm-hmm. Um, so also so there was disrespect for Carmelo Anthony, which I agree. The hell? It's fucked up. The Denver Nuggets put out a post that asked, "What is who is the greatest Denver Nugget? And their mock-up did not have Carmelo Anthony in it. Now, we actually dedicated an entire episode, I think it's season one, to Carmelo Anthony because we had such huge Mellow fans that were like, you guys want, don't talk enough about Carmelo Anthony. We're like, fine, we'll do an entire episode about Carmelo Anthony. You know, I, I think that he's probably one of the most disrespected players in the NBA. Yep. Um, and I'm not sure why. Like, I don't really know why. He puts up numbers. It's not his fault. Like, the teams don't get built. I mean, he was – he did what he did in Portland. Like, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that Portland, your team, Kendall, will really, like, embrace, put the stake in the ground and make Mellow, like – Give him his roses and a statue or something. I mean, besides Dame, and of course. But like, fuck. How do you forget Carmelo Anthony on your team? <laughs> when you got rid of him, it's not like you. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it was some young. No, young. if you're young, then you would know. I mean, yeah, okay. I, those guys on there, I'm like, what? Yeah, how is <laughs> Even, that? Even the former, even the for, uh, former coach came out, for, Coach Carl, and was like, "The fuck, uh, I ha- I'm tweeting right now that he that you know Carmelo is an, was an excellent Nugget player, and there's no debate. And it's just like, I don't know, I don't know what he's done. I mean, it's not even like he's like the most off uh, outspoken, or even if he was like." There's been worse. So that's why it's like, I get it, but also why so much of it, right? Like why so much hate or disregard or dismissiveness with him? I agree with you. I mean, it says, you know, he he was a four-time All-NBA player and a three-time All-Star as a Nugget, (laughs) okay? And in 2009, he led the Nuggets to the Western Conference Finals, Mm -hmm. where they eventually lost to the Lakers. But- the fuck? Okay, so you have, I mean, I'm looking at this graphic now. There's Chauncey. There's what's his name? Joker. Fucking Chauncey. Um, I don't know who this guy is. Um, this guy kind of looks familiar, and I don't know who this guy is. So uh, that's me. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Mellow to me is more infamous than the Nuggets team itself historically. So I, I don't get it. Maybe the person was mile high when he put this graphic together. <laughs> Real high. <laughs> you saw Portland roasted them, right? Yeah. They made a graphic and they put him in it as yeah. who's your favorite uh, blazer of all time. Good for Portland. Good for Portland. Yeah, stand up for him. Poor yeah. guy. Well, he, he came out after the season and said that he wants to finish his career in Portland. Aw, that's good. And that he had a really good feeling that this was where it was supposed to end. And, you know, he got along with everybody from coaches to uh, the guys on the team and that he felt really comfortable there. So I'm all on board for them resigning. I like it. I think everybody is. Like I talked to Marcy, who is your counterpart 
Portland, the the real Portland Trailblazer fan up there. And she was just like, we love Mello. Like, he's great. Yeah. And I think it would, it would be a great fit for him to end there. But fuck, like, man, that's that's some shade. I don't know what's happening there. Um, on the Houston Rockets, Daryl Morey, who I believe is the GM or some shit, he's like stepping down. That has to be one of the worst run organizations. They okay, so they had Mellow. Yep. And they basically went to his hotel room and was like, "Oh, just kidding, you're not on the team anymore." And he's like, "What? We just had a conversation. Y'all were like, we're cool, this is good." And then just like, "Nope, just kidding." So he got that. Also, I think Chris Paul was on there. Um, and he then got traded to OKC. They got Russ, and now they're thinking about getting rid of Russ. And Dan Tony left. You know, irreconcilable differences. Yep. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know. Harden makes like a hundred points a game. So I don't know how they're not losing or how they're, you know, because a hundred shots, but I don't know about points. Well, I mean, I'm being, (laughs) you know, yes, because how many, like, I, I just don't get it. How many games were, I, I don't regularly watch the Rockets because like I just said, it's extremely boring basketball to me. Like how many games did they actually have where Harden and Russ both went off? Right. None. I feel like I it was both one about. or the other. Right. Yeah. But OKC was the foundation of Russ, Harden, you know, that whole collaboration there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, you would think they're veterans, they're tenured now, you know, they may not have as good a parking in Houston as they do in Oklahoma City for their fans, but still put them together. Hopefully there's a little, you know, little salt and pepper action going. And no, like it was, and, and uh, Russ, I think was not even... He was not in the bubble in the beginning. Like he came on later, injury. I'm not quite sure what it, what the explanation was there. So, you know, that bubble, like it did some, it either gave you the magic or it just drained you of, of it. Yep. Oh my goodness. Well, that's all right. Whatever. As long as if we don't have to see the Rockets in the playoffs anymore, I'm perfectly fine with that. Cause I'm fine with that. News central. Yeah. I, I'm, I want to see the Suns back in there. Yeah, yes. they were amazing. I, you know, as much as I'm not, you know, I mean, the Nuggets did what the Nuggets did, but seeing, uh, was it um, Jamal Murray and Joker in there? Um, and I mean, they're just, they're great. I'm mm-hmm. excited. I'm excited for these teams. Um, let's see. What, oh, and the uh, New Orleans Pelicans, when they come back, because they're going to have a healthy Zion. That's gonna They're like nuts. They let their coach play. I know it wasn't even the, like the, his fault. Poor Alvin, and they're just like, oh. bye. Yeah, bye. They're like, oh yeah, your superstar got injured. Bye. Yeah, we're <laughs> almost making it to playoffs without <laughs> superstar, but you have to go. Yeah, bye. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Sorry. So yeah, so we'll. See. It's going to be very interesting, and like I said, it's not going to be like a regular season. So I don't know what to tell you. Um, and then there's trade rumors, trade rumors, hoops bomb. 
<laughs> trade rumors about Chris Paul being traded by OKC. They want to open it up for a young core, um, you know, get some picks in. And the rumors were started by the Lakers nation <laughs> about him coming to um, to Los Angeles. But I mean, he was already a Clipper. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> we do need a real PG because like Rondo was not like a starter, but I don't, I don't know. I don't think we can afford him. I think it's like super, super expensive. Dip Kuzma off to OKC. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't even get a bag of balls for him from OKC. <laughs> bag of balls. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to say. Yeah, we wouldn't even be able to get a bag of balls for him. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of, it's just like I said, we were saying, it's just weird that we don't have an NBA t- uh, game or WNBA game on. So um, we're we going to be, well, we're going to be talking a lot about rumors and we're going to talk a lot about trades. And I'm sure, I mean, Woj still got to do something for his job. Mm-hmm. So we'll be hearing some craziness coming up, I'm sure. Um, drop, uh, what did Shams drop the other day that was like political? Oh, that the president had COVID? Woj is just going to turn into a political correspondent. <laughs> they should... be li- live from the polls yeah, at the no, Staples that's... Center. Right. They need to do a play-by-play of all the players voting. You know, <laughs> LeBron just dropped his ballot. You know? <laughs> By the way, LeBron's daughter, Suri, was killing me. With her scary house? No, she so she oh. has a house. She has a mini house that looks just like their big house. Mm-hmm. And LeBron's like, "Look at this! Look at this girl. She's over here in her own house." And he's she, he's like, "Oh, are you taking a break from school?" She's like, "Yeah, I'm on a break right now." And she's like, "Can I come in?" And like, he sits in her house and she starts wiping where he stepped. He's like, "Oh, my bad. I dirty your house." I mean, what? That was so cool. She's so cool. I loved it. I love seeing it. Ugh seeing those little queens i love it i love it and i love that lebron celebrates it you know yes he's like look at this look at this girl i love it i love it yesterday or a couple days ago yeah yeah when he got back yeah i think it was like her birthday it's like a birthday gift too it was good and he brought home a championship, just saying. So that's That's good. the gift. <laughs> yeah. The gift to LA. She should have a mini tro- little mini trophy to put in her house. The little house. She should. <laughs> um, oh, something, Kendall, maybe you could talk a little more on this. The Women's Sports Foundation off of Yahoo Sports. I watched it. I was like, this is awesome. It had um, uh, different people. I, who was the host again? I forget. The Ali. Yes, she was the host. Because I think it was La China um, last time. Uh, but tell us a little bit about it because I know you probably work behind the scenes as you always do on these yeah. cool things. Uh, yeah, it was uh, about a month and a half in the making. Um, and we had a bunch of different athletes that signed on to talk about equality in sport, gender equality. Um, you know, disabilities, uh, LGBTQ, all mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff um, in sports. And then we handed out a couple of awards to people. Um, the Wilma Rudolph Courage Award was given to the entire NBA, WNBA League. Oh, cool. um, and Laisha Clarendon 
accepted on behalf of the league and our good friend in cutie uh pepper Pursley um did the interview and uh, handed out the award which love it. adorable and i think probably the best part of the entire probably. show probably yeah agreed <laughs> um, she wore her WNBA hoodie yes. um but yeah so and then you know like bruce arians of the bucks he was uh given an award mm. for his work in um uh, you know hiring women to be coaches and um you know just equality in the workplace yeah uh yeah it was really cool it was fun I really enjoyed the segment about the original nine mm-hmm. um, they talked yeah Natalie Portman did the nar- nar- narration and they talked about um how Billy Jean King and other tennis players with the pay discrepancy of the the purse um how they each held up like a dollar bill to represent like their lack of uh, equality in pay and kind of really sparked more of that movement. And they also talked about uh, Serena Williams um, in the beginning. Uh, It it was really great. There was a lot of cool information um, that I, and I, I enjoyed it last time and this was, it looked great and it was so awesome to see Pepper Persley also doing that. She's so awesome. Like it was really great. So congratulations on that. Another, another annual, yes, an annual event, successful. annual event that was done virtually. Look at that. So. Put that on your resume. Resume. Yeah, it was cool yeah. though. Resume. You got a lot on your resume. Got a lot on the resume. <laughs> got a lot on the resume. Now you can nap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Actually, I think after November third, we can all nap. Okay, <laughs> I don't okay. think we can nap until January. Until <laughs> yeah. Biden is up there accepting and taking born in. I don't trust this person that's in office right now. No, I feel this person that's in the office right now is like suckers and has a jet pack and gonna like fly out and go to Russia. You know, he's dropping his little nuggets about how he's like, oh, if I lose, I'm going to have to leave the country, aren't I? And he's like joking, but it's like, no, No, he is. Yeah. You're not going to have a criminal. I mean, you, you probably should have to is because you're going to go and try and find asylum. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Otherwise you're going to be wearing uh, clothing that matches your skin color. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Honestly, I'm really hoping that when, when they drag him out, of the White House, that he's just mm. already in the handcuffs, and they just take him directly to where he has to go. <laughs> I honestly think we need to manifest that. You said it out loud, and we just yeah. have to keep manifesting. We'll visualize it yeah. every day. Don't even every day, a to hop on an airplane and get out of now. No, because he's a criminal. He's a war. He's a war criminal. He's he knew about a deadly disease, and he did nothing. Um, his taxes, obviously, um, his sexual assault. Um, you know, and honestly, they don't even, the the funny thing is they won't even like all the human rights violations that he's committed at the end of the day, all they're going to really care about is the taxes. Yeah. Cause you don't fucks with the tax. Willie Nelson knows this. Wesley Snipes Snipes, knows this. You got to pay your taxes and that, and Al Capone knows this. It's like, (laughs) that's how they all, you know, all those gangsters and the, you know, Martin Scorsese movies, always something about tax, the tax evasion. So that's what's going to get him in jail. Of course, of his choice, the resort jail of his choice. Oh, God, no. I hope they send him a freaking, I don't even know, 
right hole in the ground or heat in a tiny like his window is like this big where one eyeball can fit through like it like uh mcdonald's is just out of reach you know he can smell it and he's like one nugget away from getting that (laughs) yes Flushing toilets echoing in his yes, like just keep flushing toilets all constantly, wasting all that water. I hope he's in a cell next to a guy who has severe IBS too. Yes, and I hope like you know how they have him go out and do yard work. Like he has to like clean tree trunks, like the forest. He has to go out and clean all. Yeah, he has to rake the forest floor. Like that's what he has to do when he goes out on his like work furlough shit. We got it planned. You come to us. <laughs> we will give you the the dump punishment plan. The dump punishment. Yeah, punishment plan. You know how Kindle did voting playbook? We have the punishment playbook for this oh, God. person in the yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And like Oh, I could think of tons more, but I think it's a good start. Forever. Oh yeah, I think that's a pretty good start on how we can uh, like we want him alive so we can do all of these things. Oh yeah, we just want all of the tree trunks to be clean. <laughs> yes, and all of the floors to be raked. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. I mean, that's, that's all he's asking of California to do, right? Like, well, he wouldn't have all of these wildfires if <laughs> they would stop you know, putting the water, taking the water from the tiny fish and the, yeah. <laughs> and raking the forest floors. What do yeah, you absolutely. What is he talking about? Absolutely. And they need to force feed him like dementia medicine or I don't know what, but. His herd mentality. Oh, moron. The wildebeest. <laughs> oh, I'm still thinking about that woman who was like, on national TV during the town hall saying like Gross. he's when he smiles he's so handsome. We were talking about this earlier. It's like <laughs> it. What's your type, ma'am? Uh I like guys who look like a jug full of ham. <laughs> My love language is honey baked ham. <laughs> and I <laughs> Uh, my my type out uh, the stench of fried chicken and <laughs> she's like my favorite color is orange man. on a man <laughs> with just a great smile. <laughs> Her family must be so embarrassed. Yeah, I would be like, no, she's not invited to anything no. else. I mean, it's one thing to say it. I mean, I don't know. Just no. She's uninvited. Her and her, you know, potato salad with raisins in it cannot come to this cookout. No more. No more. No more. Um, Getting back to sports. uh, Karen, you have some WNBA updates. Yes. Hello. I'm your money lady. I'm your money. That's right. Oh, by the way, as you're talking about money, how did you fare with the, with the voting against the Lakers or, uh, Go betting. You already know that. You already know that answer. Mm, okay, I just want to make sure. Money lost. Money lost. But there. does not mean it will be gained. Money lost, but friendships still remain. remain. <laughs> 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 but you know, if I'd won, I would have gotten you some nice Lakers championship gear. You know what I mean? Thank just you. to 
make Thank it you. make it square. <laughs> Maybe you still need to do that. <laughs> I'm just gonna buy you purple and gold streamers to decorate your house. <laughs> saying the ones from Party City, you gotta twist some, it yourself. Some cute yeah. stuff on breaking tea, you know. <laughs> just saying. Um, sorry, back to our yeah. money lady. I mean, let's talk business lady. Ta- let's talk business. WNBA, what's the business? Oh, Tell us the business. Yeah, so Glossier, a very, mm. um, if you know, you're young, you're old or too young. Glossier is one of the first like online specific brands, mm-hmm. all makeup. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of these women who founded Glossier came from beauty, magazines, media, mm. industry, and were like, you know, we need to make stuff for women and use social listening to mm-hmm. understand what women want. And then, of course, the first beauty brand to partner with the WNBA. So finally, we've been talking about this yes. episode on episode about like, there are so many companies who target to women because yes. we are the pocket holders, maker, mm-hmm. money makers. Mm-hmm. And yet, why are there not enough partnerships for the WNBA? Mm-hmm. Agreed. So yep. that's great news. I'm kind of bummed it's postseason. Like, come on. Like, but, True. But, well, yeah, keep the, it keeps the narrative going at least yeah. after the season. Yeah, but so. you, know, yeah. you know, let's all follow Vivica Fox's footsteps as Heck she partners yeah. with the Sparks. Let's make her WNBA-wide. Mm-hmm. Let's get some great hair going on the court, yep. you know, because that's a tough thing. I we've all played. It's just like, what do you do with yeah. hair? Ponytails? It's true. It's true. Damage. You got the the buns. A lot yeah, of buns. Buns. Bun action. Buns. Yeah, a lot, a lot of bun buns. action. A lot of buns. And then, I mean, do we want to keep talking money? Yes, always. always. What's in the what? Talk to us about money. I mean, we talked. I we hooped off on this last week. We've talked mm-hmm. about it in the past. Just the money dis disparity uh, Mm -hmm. between what the WNBA makes and what the NBA Mm -hmm. makes. And we have all our trolls arguing, well, if they played better or whatever, you know, like sit on your ass and go hug Trump because I know (laughs) your buddy is. But there was a graphic we all saw on Mm -hmm. on socials recently Mm -hmm. and it, you know, side to side, Sue Bird, LeBron, right? Yep. 17 year career, 2020 championships. Mm Mm-hmm. Bonus for being final, the finals win mm-hmm. 11,000 for Sue Bird and 370k for LeBron. And then let's just look at their salaries 215k a year, Sue Bird, 37.44 million LeBron. I mean, wow, like, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, I love LeBron, but come on, Sue no. Bird wins for looks. At just turning 40, okay? Like, that is true. Happy birthday to her. Yes. She's looking good. She looks from some serious injuries, too. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, you know, Karen, to your point, too, if, I mean, that's the discrepancy in the uh, salary and the bonus. It doesn't match with, like, if you look at their careers from a parallel standpoint, they, they both won championship four championships mm-hmm. um sue's won four olympic gold medals and i believe lebron's won two you know so they're on pair like and they would say that themselves like they each other respect each other and would say that mm-hmm. it's not it's it's really i mean what more how much more what what more do you need to see it's right there plain and simple yep and I mean, good for the United States uh, women's soccer 
for doing what they're doing because they're setting precedent as our past guest, Kelsey Trainer talked a lot about was like, you know, it's about how do you set up precedent so that then you can continue what, you know, is the main part of the, of the argument, which, you know, is, is the most important thing. And you just talked about earlier, right? Women's tennis, they fought for equal pay. And mm-hmm. then now this year, what's his face trying to create his own player organization for men oh. and, and then changing that. Like yes. we can't even, once people, women actually get the equality, then someone comes in to fight to take it away again. There's no rest. There's no nap time. There's no nap time. There's no nap time. No, seriously, because like you just, like you can't, I don't understand. People really see others succeeding as something being taken away from them, mm-hmm. which is not the case. Like, I don't understand. Like, it's so small. It's like so small minded, so like simple minded to do something as shitty as that. So it's like, oh, you know, I don't know. We could go on and on with examples, but it's just yeah. like this one. We could go on with hypotheticals. We could go on like what's right, what's wrong, you know, all this stuff. But you're, we're looking at figures right here. Mm-hmm. Figures. They don't lie. These are facts. And this is what's happening. And if you think Sue, Sue Bird is getting short shifted, just imagine all the other players on the WNBA. Yeah. The Asia, black women on there. Yeah. Asia well. MVP making like 58K a year. Yeah. Ouch. Oh my God. And that they still have to work abroad to, to get paid and play. Yeah. And during then, pandemic. yeah, during a pandemic. And then they go overseas. Yeah. Must be nice to just leave the bubble and go home to your families. Well, yeah. I have to leave the bubble and hop on a plane to go to Italy. So true. <laughs> no, like, so true. So true. Well, at least it looks like, okay, we're, there's visibility, more visibility in this, and these conversations are happening, so they cannot not be addressed. Mm-hmm. And you now have uh, one of the first uh, beauty companies because, like, that seemed like it took this long to think about that. <laughs> I swear, I mean, Jesus, whoever runs that league just hopped on Twitter for five seconds. The <laughs> ideas would just be swirling we already did the job for them just go yeah execute it's not this hard literally like sign on to twitter an hour a day and just read what your fans are saying and and take what they're saying and apply it towards your league it's not hard not it's crowdsourced right there for you right exactly you know you know you know it's free yeah we're seeing we're seeing these WNBA uh, you know writers. A lot of them are freelance, you know, contractors, yeah. and they're creating podcasts, platforms, collaborations, you know. And it's just like nothing is actually sponsored by the WNBA. UGC, right there, yeah. right there. You got it. I mean, um, Ari Chambers is isn't even something that you need to hop on Twitter and read. That. <laughs> like, yeah obvious thing that you should have for your fans is merch and Ari Chambers is doing this awesome uh thing with uh Foot Locker Women Foot Locker where she was talking to players she just had um Amanda Zowie B on there which was that was so funny I loved watching that one but it's like you know it's being done so to fucking create a uh report on the WNBA hashtag yeah Stop paying. Click on it on Twitter. You don't have to do a report. Just literally, like you said, go on Twitter, click on the WNBA hashtag, and you'll have. Print it out. 
I mean, it's endless. Spend a, your lunch break just cruising through it, <laughs> and you will have you'll walk away with twenty different ideas on how. Yeah, to yeah. Stop hiring a group of white men, old white men, and just hire all these other people, amazing yeah. people with diverse voices and viewpoints, and you'll even save money, <laughs> yeah. and then make money. Right. <sighs> Well, money, money mama out. <laughs> our mo- money mama has spoken. Um, before we go on to our last segment, we're going to talk about just quickly the Women's uh, National Basketball Players Association tweeted out that there it were 12 WNBA coaches in 2020 um, and four of them were women and none of them were women of color. So there's another disparity that we're seeing. We've always said this. I mean, we see like to your point, Kendall, they just keep going back to the well in the NBA. I even heard the Van Gundy's and Jeff is retired. You know, it's like, they're just like, Oh, Hey, let's just, you know, if we don't have enough that are not retired, we'll just go and like get Jeff Van Gundy at retirement. Like they don't care at this point. They, they don't care. And, and I think like, I just saw some Gary Payton or someone was also like, I'm ready to coach now. And it's no, like, no Gary. Okay. That's cool. But you know, there's like all these other people and some of them happen to be women that could probably be more deserved of this. So I don't know how that's going to change or when, but I think it's good to continue having that conversation about like hire more women head coaches and people of period color. and people of color period. So that's it. That's not a hoops off. That's just a fact. Facts. But we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. And then when we come back, we will have our hoops off. So be right back. And we are back with our final segment, the hoops off, where we get a minute to go off about something, anything, whatever. There's nothing really rhyme or reason. It's just something that's been on our mind. I'm going first today. Woo woo! And what I want to talk about, Karen, let me know. When can I go? Three, two. So I want to talk a little bit about these small business thought pieces that I keep reading. I mean, in the Los Angeles Times, I just read one this morning. And I 1000% understand that small businesses, and I'm looking at you bookstores in particular, because I live in bookstores. I will go and buy books and books and books and all your tchotchkes and all your bookmarks and everything when I walk into a bookstore, even if I don't need it, I'll even buy a book that I already bought because I just like love bookstores. But here's the thing. I don't know how you didn't know prior to pandemic that shit needed to be online or that you needed to evolve your business to the pandemic that is Amazon or the pandemic that is like other shops that decided to go online. And you were just like, nah, I'm just going to wait for like, you know, I don't know when, like, like get an Instagram tweet it out. Like there was so many free things. You don't want to make a website? Just go to a Tumblr was available even back in the day. You could have just like put eBay, Etsy. You needed to evolve and you didn't. That's all I'm saying. Like I can't. I know my minute's up, but like, come on. I mean, there's curbside pickup. You could have kept people working. Yeah. You didn't have to go online, online, technically have them give you a call. Be like, yeah, yeah, we got this. 
I mean, I love the bookstores and I don't want them to go away. Trust me. But I'm just like, the fuck? Like, also, what are you doing for the communities? They need to pay rent. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I love libraries. Even the libraries have a sophisticated- They have curbside pickup. They have an interconnected website, okay? So I can find a book anywhere in Los Angeles, find out which library it's at and go and pick it up. And that's a fucking library. So I'm just saying. I mean, I, it also, it's like more money for you. <laughs> like yeah. You reach people that aren't necessarily in the neighborhood that your storefront is in. Yeah. I, I, it's just wild. It's just, it's just insane to me. I'm sorry. Like there are certain things like a haircut or nails, you know, shit that you can't, you have to have a place where you could do those procedures, but to buy a fucking book, I can do that on the sidewalks. When I was in New York, they have tables set up and they have paperbacks and I can go and like pick up a paperback for like 50 cents. So, and and they would, they would go right in front of a Barnes and Noble with their, with their book table. Nope. You need to go where the people are. We all are online. <laughs> online. I ain't risking we COVID. Each other. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was mine. Okay. Kendall, you are next. Are you ready? I have I'm gonna get my get my alarm. Okay, if you are ready, okay. three, two, one, go. Um, so I'm staying in the very red state of Utah currently. Mm-hmm. I've been here a couple months. There are way too many Trump pent signs and way too many back the blue signs for my liking around this part of the country. Mm. Um, But the other night when we had the town halls and Trump decided last second that he was going to do his town hall at the exact same time as Joe Biden. Mm. I obviously was not going to be watching NBC. I was going to be watching ABC to watch the Biden one because that's not getting my ratings. And I went to ABC at the time that it was supposed to start. And instead of them showing Biden's town hall, they had some debate between two hokey ass people in Salt Lake City while Trump's was live on NBC. And I thought that that was kind of fitting for being in such a red state that, of course, they're going to push the red candidates town hall onto their people earlier in the night rather than the blue candidates who's clearly coming on after all of these weird ass people in the state go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) And it pissed me off because they need to see both sides and this state is clearly pushing one side onto its viewers. I agree with you on that. There's so much shit. Like we just saw that uh, Mark uh, Zuckerberg was doing that shit on Facebook to stop a certain left-sided uh, newspaper from getting on the news tab while he's like sipping drinks with Ben Shapiro and all those dicks. Yeah. So you got, that's just happening. It is. And this state is very, it's obviously, there's one religion that takes over this state. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that. And just from doing a little bit of research, it seems like it, within that religion, they kind of tell you who you're going to vote for and it is always the red redder of the candidates than yes. the bluer of the candidates and I feel like that is definitely one reason why they're like eh, Joe Biden stuff like whatever oh. don't need to show it I don't even know why NBC even decided to yeah that was a whole other issue that's like what yeah that what does whole thing. what does that what does the Republic Party have on you NBC yeah right well, at least Savannah Guthrie, like, kind of. Oh, she was awesome. She was awesome. 
but and then obviously the TikTok use were like, I'm gonna stream Biden shit every um, every possible yes. device to give him the ratings. Yeah. And I saw that Biden's ratings were higher than Trump's. So no one wants to hear that. No one wants to hear that gas bag. No. It's like, no. He's no. defending himself the whole time while Biden's actually like, here are my policies. <laughs> yeah, talking. Yeah, exactly. He's like, why do you guys keep asking me to, to denounce white supremacy? Come on, let's get over it. Hello, I'm like, handsome. You remember that lady, you know, that uh, lady telling me my oh. smile? <laughs> Gross. And his son has COVID now. Poor guy. He probably had it the whole time. They weren't trying to freak people out. Yeah, I don't know. That first lady is like ghosted too. She just went into the bushes. And then wrote her official <laughs> statement too. That like, I don't know. That marriage you know what? is not happening. She said, fuck them kids. And she was out. She was all, fuck them kids. We out. Yeah. So, all right. Karen, bring us home. Bring us home. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Speaking of fucking gas bags that no one asked your opinion, there is some dumbass troll that came uh, uh, onto Lexi Brown's, mm. you know, tweet oh. just to announce the Glossier mm. partnership. Mm. And he came for Asia Wilson and Erica mm. Hamby saying that, you know, when the women act like clowns like that, that's why you don't get good partnerships. And of course, he's probably trolling Glossier for that bullshit. First off, mm. No one asked you. Mm. He tries to coin himself as a WNBA fan, but everyone's Mm-mm. just saying negative. He's blocked by the official WNBA handle. <laughs> this person in his bio is trying to be like, I could be an, I'm an influencer for brands. It's like, bitch, you under <laughs> 2,000 followers on Twitter and Instagram. You look like a joke. You, he tries to pan himself as someone of color, but he a white boy. Because if oh. you look at his profiles, it's like dark. And then he lets his beard grow all <laughs> curly. And then he tries to act like he's fashion. Bitch, please. <laughs> My favorite part was, and he tries to act like fashion. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He has this weird hat on that's purple. And it has orange shoelaces. The shoelaces are on the wrong. Oh, oh my God. Oh. <laughs> He calls himself the Gucci King. Oh, and okay. I tell people it's because I could afford it. Oh, uh, <laughs> Ain't that Go- trash? Look at him. That's the hat with the shoelaces. Oh, God. Please. Oh. Well, it lo- I mean, if it looks like it, probably is it. Yeah. Well, that fool, they, he need, all of them, Gross. all of them. We, you know how we feel about trolls. We go off, off. Go back under your bridge. Thank you, thank you. With that, ladies, we are wrapped. Oh, the cops are coming now. I know. Can you hear my the cops? They're rolling in. They're like, she better get on the run. <laughs> go buy some books. Yeah, the book police. They're like motherfucker, you you're coming to book soup, and you're buying a bunch of books you don't need. Well, I probably will anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but still, get online. Um, well, everyone, thanks for listening. Thank you, Elsa Collins, for being yeah, such an inspiring thanks, guest. Oh, my God. She's like a role model. And uh, we, I can't wait till, you know, yes, all of us vote, 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 vote. Karen, 
take care of that ballot. And I will hunt someone or I will yeah. go to the polls. So weird. That's weird. Um, make sure you subscribe and review because reviews help us to get noticed. And make sure you download the Good News Radio app because it is very, very cool. And you can listen to us, you know, when we come out and then also do replays on it and listen to the variety of other podcasts that are available in the Good News Radio and Podcast Network. Um, follow us, DM us. Our social handles are Twitter at the Hoops Talk Pod. Hopefully soon that will be also Instagram. But until then, we're still at the Hoops Talking. So kind of weird. Um, we're on YouTube, the Hoops Talk Podcast. We're on TikTok at the Hoops Talking Podcast. And as always, we all need naps. Yes. Mm-hmm. And as we nap, how do we want to keep it? I think we want to keep it sweaty. <laughs> And Patty, we out.